I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh -huh. Rebel Radio is going down. Would you say Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the Rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm Josh Levine, and as I promised before, we're, uh, we're testing out a new format of shorter episodes, um, kind of digging into single topics. So my guest today with me is Dennis White, a.k.a. Latroit, a.k.a. Static Revenger. If you listen to this show, you definitely know him. He's been on. He was our first guest. He was, I think he did our two-year anniversary show. He was on earlier this year um, with a short episode, and now we're back with another short episode. This time, we, um, we're not really digging into his story. We're just kind of debating the issue of selling out. It's not really a debate because we kind of agree on everything, so spoiler alert. But, uh, you know, we're talking about what it, what it means to sell out, how that definition has changed. I think it's super relevant for what artists and really every business is going through today. Um, as far as balancing, you know, short term money versus the longer term effects that it has on your brand and, and why people love you in the first place. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Send us a note. Let me know what you think. If you don't like it, too bad. Um, but let's get into it right after the EDM.com track of the week. Chance King 
with four hours, the EDM.com track of the week. If you like that one, get over to EDM.com and check out more new music. And now let's get into it with Dennis White. There's a, a sneaker came out last week that uh, is a Jordan collaboration with American Express. Okay. And that bothered me a lot. It was it was Don C, who's one of Kanye's guys um, from Chicago, who uh, created this sneaker. And you know, for me, I couldn't get packed the fa- past the fact that it that it American Express had something to do with it. Um, and you know, I don't, what do I care about American Express? I have some cards, I use it, but. Um, in my mind, like they is the sneaker out or the yeah, it's out or it was announced anyway. Yeah, it's a Jordan I... 5. It's like that's a who cares, but you know, it brought up for me the kind of idea of like well, what happened to counterculture? Like, why, how did we get to live in a world where that is acceptable to anybody? And that, uh, you know, I, I like to think that in 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 the world that that I come from, um. Everybody gets laughed out of the room with with a move like that. You know what? Um, you like the shoe, you want a pair. No, I don't want... I, I can't wear Air Jordans. They look ridiculous on me. But if I didn't know everything you just said and you just showed me these sneakers, I'd yeah. think, yeah, right, word. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, these are no, the shoes are fine. Cool. I have nothing... And, and as you can see, you're looking at it. Amex has nothing to do with the shoe. Yeah, and I don't want to like the shoe now, but I still do. So it's going to be interesting to see what the sneakerhead, what the vote in the sneaker community is going to be on it. Well, I wonder... So They're just going to get it because they think it's cool. Like, I, again, let's take it to Ruben. Ruben, take a look at those sneakers. Ruben's our 22-year-old mm-hmm. engineer here. I don't like them. You don't like them. All right, well, then you're not going to get them. But if you did like them, is it enough for you that that's a collab with American Express that if you did like them, would it matter to you one way or the other that it was an American Express collab? If you liked them, would you get them or would you be turned off by the fact that that was the collaboration? I probably wouldn't mind. But yeah. It's kind of weird that a credit company's doing yeah. yeah, I get it. Um, so, you know, as a guy who comes from underground music, yeah. you know, uh, dance music, hip-hop, come. Uh, I had a great conversation with Junior Sanchez about how those two were born together and diverged apart and some of the social issues that drove that. Um, I should listen to that one. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Uh, but um, my point is, you know, at one point, club music, dance music was counterculture. Yeah. Um, and now it's mainstream music and now... But it, but more importantly, I think we're just in a world where I don't know what counterculture means anymore, and and I don't think there is you know we we're of an age where in any area of life being labeled a sellout was uh, probably the worst thing you could be called yeah. and was a maybe a kiss of death for your career mm-hmm. and I I feel like all of that is uh, a relic of the past. I agree. All right, we're done. Yeah. What happened? Couple things to possibly to the point that you made that the major label infrastructure financially is never going to be good news to an artist mm-hmm. uh, unless there's a couple things that happen out of that that are maybe unlikely. One of them 
would be synchronization to TV, film, and ads. Now, 20 years ago, that was very taboo if you sure. were an artist. And, I mean, my dumbass, I remember vividly when you and I were acting, uh, interacting with Red Bull at the music, Red Bull Music Academy. Mm -hmm. I was kind of friendly with those guys at that time. This is a 20-year-ago story, and I'd gone out there for that. And they had approached me and asked me if I wanted to be involved in the academy, which was great, and it was really cool, and Red Bull was amazing, and then they opened a studio. But even back then, I had just had happy people, and it wasn't just a, it wasn't usually a thing that you would do, and so I didn't really pay it that much attention, and I wish I would have paid way more attention. A company called Zinc, which was one of the very first companies oh, yeah. that were aiming at synchronization for artists, representing artists for TV and film. I slept on that, and they were just about first in the game, and I slept on that because of that kind of thinking. Around there were two artists that kind of were like, ah, fuck it. Crystal Method was one, mm -hmm. and Moby was the other. And by that time, I mean they both were suffering chimes of like, ah, eh, sellouts. They were both suffering chimes of that because they had both come through underground. Sure, but the world got over that pretty quickly. Number one, number two. If you think, you know, I think it's the right of the artist to say like, hey, yeah, you know what, I'm cool with this being in this movie scene. Um, because these dollars, and, well, and that that's where the shift in thinking started to happen. And everything everything was counterculture until it wasn't sure. rock, punk, right, hip hop, techno, dance music. It was it all was until it wasn't. At some point, I yeah. think what happens is that fans start to keep interrupting because I'm the least informed person in this conversation, right? But but at some point, like. The creative director at an ad agency was a punk rocker, and he right. did care about that shit. Yeah. And he likes that music, and he wants those old fuckers to be successful now because they're not making it in record royalties, and they're not touring anymore. And he's like, hey, you know what? I can get these guys half a million dollars for this car commercial, and it makes me and everybody else feel cool about ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't want to blow our brains out by using some shitty catalog music that's just basically ripping these guys off. So I think a lot of, I don't know, do those two things kind of make sense going together? I do. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, um, first of all, you know, you, you know, you bring up a great point. You know, Moby made headlines. It was the first album. His album play was the first album to license every song to a commercial. I don't know if that's happened since, but, you know, that was a big deal at the time. Um, I also think that was different because the album was already done. Right. So the, the commercialism, the commercialization of that record had nothing to do with the creation of it. Yeah, well, that's true of Crystal Method and everything else we're talking about. Okay, uh, it's not true of an, of someone collaborating with a with a uh, credit card company to make a sneaker. Well, you're right about that. No, right. that's whack. And so, well, that's well, whack. okay, it's but, whack for you and I though. Well, yeah, like I said, no, no one cares. We're just two grumpy old men, you know, yelling at trains as they roll by. Hey, if you're, if you're digging this one, if you like the sound of Dennis White's voice, we got plenty more for you on Rebel Radio. You can go back in our archives, check out the first episode ever. Um, I think it was our two-year anniversary. He interviewed me, and we dug into a little bit of my journey as an entrepreneur. Um, and uh, like I said, we had him earlier on this year, and we caught up with, um, with him winning a Grammy and what that's meant for his career and all that stuff. So go for it. So, but I get your point, and, and I, I think it's understandable. I think what, um, 
what I struggle with a little bit is the um, is just how everyone came to accept that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I get the the old punk rocker who mm. you know who gets a corporate job and wants to help the bands. Like that that scenario makes perfect sense. Um, you know, there used to be a counterbalance, right? There used to be a punk rock community that said, "Hey, fuck that. We're not we're not going to accept that kind of commercialism creeping into into our our thing that we built." Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, part of like the reason that you and I have careers is because like the generation before us went through that and then quote unquote sold out, right? Like the you know, classic rock, the hippies became the corporate people. And then there was this new underground, you know, that came from disco, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, 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 uh, the youth culture has always been the one to say, you know, we're not, we're not accepting what's, what the kind of mainstream is doing. And so for me, what feels different now, and maybe it's just cause I'm old and I'm out of it, but I don't see it that there's a a youth culture that's saying uh w you know that that that's not okay with that blatant commercialism right yeah like i don't think coachella is less good now because it has pop stars on the main stages okay for headlining than it was 15 years ago when it was not doing that and it would have very intentionally made sure that it did not do that Right. Mm -hmm. But these guys got a lot that they got to pay for now. And that's where the dollars are going to come in from. And you don't like it. Fucking ignore it and go to the underground tent. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I never gave a shit. I don't think I ever did. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think maybe a lot of people never gave a shit. Yeah, I'm trying to think about that. I don't think I ever gave a shit. Huh. There was a, we, we had a thing uh, when I was at Herb Magazine. There was a moment where uh, Ford came out with the Focus and decided they were going to use Detroit Techno to market the Focus. Detroit Techno. Yeah, I and they licensed that. the Model that. 500 song once, yeah. song Night Drive, yeah. um, for the commercial, and they went to sponsor something. I don't remember what. It was the Detroit Electronic Music Festival. May, yeah, before it was first year. Movement. Yeah, yeah, move, yeah. Before no, the first year, and there was a backlash. Yeah, there a were, tremendous backlash. Right, and that's kind of like what I'm looking for. Yeah, that was gross. <laughs> what was? Um, not the backlash, the 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 Ford thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I was there. I was at that festival. Uh -huh. I don't think I played that year, but I was certainly around for it. And, um, yeah, that they made our music underground techno. That made it, they made it one big, massive, gross Ford commercial. And I don't mean just the commercial. I mean, you showed up. This was when brands had no concept or nuance of how to do it the way you guys did at Scion when you were inventing that. Mm -hmm. And Red Bull's always been great at it. But it was before they had 
any sense of nuance and you were just walking into some gross overproduced Ford thing. Yeah, that was yeah, that was an example of not getting it right. And it was really gross. But if it's if it's if it had been done right, I think, and maybe the card not maybe a more appropriate car, like what you guys were doing at Scion um with Rebel and Herb and Toyota was a good example of you know, you do it right with the right product and everything's fine because you guys really famously got really credible underground artists across all forms of music mm -hmm. and not just music but all forms of art right like you really engage there's no way that the level of people that you got in terms of credibility would have done any of that stuff and it wasn't you weren't throwing million dollar checks at everybody it was right. just you were doing some kind of cool shit yeah it's the same it's the same thing it's it's like a commercial product using you know, music and art, but one's doing it right and one's not doing it right, appropriate to the audience anyway. Yeah. I don't know. So if it's done wrong, it's fucking gross. Fuck those people. Yeah, I just don't know if there's anyone left to say it's gross now. Like there was last year, you won't know this, but uh, last year there was a Propel Water music festival uh -huh. where they had like workout people on stage with the bands. Like this whole thing. I didn't go. It sounded incredibly cheesy. Um, it was like an aerobics, you know, if you, if you remember, like, I don't, I, I don't know, but, uh, but they had it, you know, I think it was their second year or something, whatever. Right now, what's the one James we just saw? Is it, was it Land Rover? Yeah. Four by four. Land Rover's got this music festival. Uh -huh. Um, January. it just happened. It happened. Yeah. 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 So I didn't see how it went. Um, it didn't seem from what I saw, it didn't seem cheesy. It seemed you know, it was just on paper on the website or whatever. It looked okay, but it was also very blatant, very kind of heavy handed. Now Land Rover is a brand that a lot of people think is cool. And so both artists and fans are maybe more okay with that. Um, I really can't wait to see the propel water performances with bands on stage. And we should look that calisthenics. up. It looked horrible. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> But, you know, that's the thing. Like, a bunch of artists signed up and, and agreed to do that. Hey, I respect that some, they would have tried it because I'm, you know, Jason does this, Jason Bentley plays these Daybreaker gigs yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And I'm into the notion of where music meets fitness. You know, I'm sure. into it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been to, I don't know what they were called, and I don't know if they're doing them anymore, but instead of going to a rave and doing drugs and drinking or all this shit, you would sign up for a 5K run mm -hmm. and they had oh, these, yeah, yeah. these lighted tracks and yeah. music everywhere and a DJ playing. And the, I loved that shit. I loved it. That was great. I don't know what happened to that. Um, but, you know, like it, with any new idea where there's not a pre precedent for what's going to work and what isn't, you know, I, I respect if this is happening the way, if it happened the way it's happening in my brain, the propel water, there's the puts entertainment up there and have some people doing some calisthenics. I think that's what it was. Yeah, no, I respect that. You know, what do you know? What, what the hell do they know? I'm a fan of the space and the idea, I guess, in general is what I'm saying. I'd like to see that. What happened to those things where they were running? I love those. They probably still do it. Hmm. What, I don't know. What do you, you're not paying attention. Sure I am. I run and I produce and, I, you know, it seems like I would know. Don't leave the house much, though, and I never check the internet, so. What are you working on next? Um, right now we're going to do a song with Ashley Morgan, who's a talented uh, actress 
and model and voiceover artist. Uh, oh, cool. called You Got That Thing That I Like. She's going to be in here in 10 minutes. Nice. Um, we just finished submitting for a few songs for China. They're looking, one of the songs I did with Charles, and we've done this big epic song called We're In This Together that uh, there are some companies looking for a unifying song for China at this moment in time through the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, so that that's a thing that we're working on. I'm packing to go to the Galapagos Islands tomorrow where I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to look at a bunch of nature and stuff, but I'm going to record a bunch of animals. Oh, that's cool. Do a bunch of sound recording down there. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. And then um, uh, a song called uh, Like This just came out with uh, Position Music and Floyd Wonder. Austin Kramer and Spotify for throwing that up on Friday. Crate Diggers last week. That's out. Um, a remix with Mako on Ultra Music coming out in a couple of weeks. I'm excited about that. Um, some TV thing I'm not thinking of. I'm exhausted already. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So that's a couple of things. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, where does everybody find all that stuff? You know, on the internet. Okay, uh, everyone go to the internet. Yeah. <laughs> How does anybody find anything? Go to, I'd probably talk about it on my website, which is latroit.com, I imagine. Yeah. Mm. Universal Music has opened a new sync division. Sync departments at major labels usually have to do with finding placements for the catalog of sure. the label. Yeah. And they started a new, I think I can say this, they started a new department, a new sync department, where they're creating catalog kind of from outside people like me interacting with the catalog of, mm -hmm. of the label that's aimed at those types of placements. And we've been talking for a little while, and I think we're going to do something. That seems, that seems pretty exciting to me. And that, that's, a good, um, that's a good convergence um, of activity uh, for me. Nice. Mm. That's awesome. Well, we'll be listening. Thanks again for doing this. I appreciate you. Uh, it's my pleasure, jo uh, Josh. It's always great to do these things. I appreciate it. Always my pleasure. Yeah, and uh, I haven't seen you since yesterday, so it's been nice to catch up. And uh, everyone should check out Le, Le Radio. No. Is that still? No. What are we calling it? House of... You, everybody should check out the first two finished versions of House of Detroit Radio. House of Ashley Detroit. Morgan, who's coming in to do this voice. She, yeah. she was my co-host in those... Okay, nice. Yeah, I think we squeaked out two episodes in six months. There pretty, you go. Pretty proud of that. Hey, it's a semi-annual. Or it's a <laughs> quarterly. <laughs> there's, there's a big market for quarterly <laughs> radio Dance shows. Music's premiere and only <laughs> quarterly podcast. Well, it's, now that I have it branded. Yeah, now that I have it branded as something. Yeah. I feel better about this. See, yeah, it's good. You got 90 days to get the next one up. <laughs> Thank you, Josh Levine. Thanks, James, Ruben, Rebel Radio. Thank you, everybody. Hey, that was Dennis White on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Like I said, we may be trying out some of these shorter form episodes more in the future. So I'd love to hear what you think about it. You can hit us on Twitter, Facebook, 
uh, really wherever you like. It's at Rebel Radio Net. We have video of a lot of our episodes going up on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rebel Radio Net. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.